On today's show, make sure you join us for a great conversation about how bonds work. What do retirees really need to know about these things? They're in the news. Janine's recently written an article for her clients kind of about bonds and, and stocks and timing things and, and what goes into that and how to uh, you know understand bonds better. That's going to be our mission on today's show. How do they work? What role do they play in a financial plan that's built properly? And we're going to address some of those common bond-related issues to your retirement plan. All that and more coming up on today's show, so stay tuned. This is your financial mission. Hey, welcome to Your Financial Mission. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Janine Theus, CEO and founder of Theus Wealth Advisors, offices in Maryland and Ohio, but online everywhere at theuswealthadvisors.com. Janine, great to be with you this week. How are you? Hey, Walter, doing great. I've got a gorgeous day and I'm looking forward to the fall. Oh, fantastic. It's my yes. favorite time of What's year. What's your favorite fall activity? Like your your ideal fall Saturday, let's say. Oh my gosh. Well, we just either go biking or hiking or, you know, just getting outside because it's just so pretty. I like and, it. Are you yeah. uh, still normal bike or are you in the e-bike craze at this point? Oh, heck no with that e-bike. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to go outside and put in the effort, get real. <laughs> you you want to get the payoff. I figured you That's weren't right. on the e-bike train quite yet. So. Yeah. No, but it is It is getting a little crazy because uh, even though we're, we're pretty savvy on the roads, you've got a lot of drivers that are a little crazy. <laughs> so yeah. you have to watch them. <laughs> you know, as I've been driving around a lot more and I started biking recently, so I'm now like on the other side a little bit after years of, I'm not saying I was like mean to bikers, but I was definitely more on that side of like, ah, oh, bikers always getting in the way. And, you know, they're taking all this risk being on the road. I was definitely more in that camp. And now I'm doing more biking. Now I still stay on the trails and stuff like that. I don't go on the road too much, but sometimes I have to a little bit. So I'm starting to get a little bit more of that perspective. But I will tell you, I kind of the e-bikes are make me nervous a little bit because they go so much faster. Right. It actually right. makes it harder to like time passing them. And then, you know, once you clear a biker, you're just kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm past them. I don't have to worry about them. But the e-bikes are, you pass them so slowly and then they keep up speed with you. Then if you come up to a turn, they might still be right there. So anyway, that's my, I'm still griping about bikers, I guess, even though I am one of them now. But uh, the e-bikes well, are almost too fast to where like you're, you're matching the car speed too closely. I've heard of uh, in a couple of cycling groups that there are a couple of um octogenarians, early octogenarians that are on the e-bikes, totally fine with that, or late 70s, mid 70s, whatever. Yeah. But, you know, I think what people forget is, especially if you're aging, but your the reaction time, the ability to judge distance, mm, and then paying attention to what people around you are doing, because that gets more, that gets more people in trouble. Because yeah. not, I mean, and I've done that myself, looking down, changing, uh, you know, changing gears or changing the on um, the derailleur. The sprocket. I, I looked down for a moment, looked up, and there was my husband, and I rear-ended him. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> and I, I and he's a six-four guy, and I managed. I hit him so hard, I, I upended the bike, and oh, the both of us went flying. And you know, it's like, oh damn, there goes a couple more weeks out of biking because we got to fix the bike, oh, fix no. the shoulder. Anyway, but yeah, uh, you know, and I just see it as more an opportunity when people are going faster because they don't. Yeah. They're not judging it. Well, we so. need to talk bonds, but I will share with you that uh, when I started biking, you know how they say it's like, oh, it's like riding a bike. You don't forget oh. <laughs> you get back on. You do forget some stuff when you ride a bike. And it's that stuff that you're talking about, like the reaction time, what to pay attention to when you're mm -hmm. riding a bike versus, you know, running or driving a car. 
And it was so funny because the first time I got back on and did like an actual ride to somewhere, like a good, you know, five mile ride. It was so funny because I kept making mistakes, like just feet slipping off the pedals. And then there was one point where I kind of took my eyes off the off the road a little bit, looking at the scenery around me. And I started to, to curve just a little bit. And it was right over a little bridge area. And the handlebars hit the edge of the bridge and like, you know, kind of like drove me into the side of the of the bridge. And of course, it was right as somebody was behind me riding and they're like chuckling as they drive by as I'm like, you know, just stuck up against the wall trying to get back onto the bridge and <laughs> it's just like this is uh this is going to take a few minutes to truly get back on the bike so to speak so this is a great segue because you know these kinds of things can sneak up on you and unless you're riding it you know weekly daily whatever you're doing it regularly or you're used to all the different things that you have to pay attention to sure and i mean it's a good segue into the bond market, because what the heck is going on that's derailing a lot of people? Hmm. Well, it's a great point. So let's dive into that a little bit. And before we, we're going to kind of cover fundamentals today. We're going to peel back the layers a little bit, look at bonds, um, understand why there's misunderstandings about them, and just talk about how they're used in a plan, that sort of thing. But I think a great place to start is the fact that a lot of people just aren't as familiar with how bonds are working, what they're looking like in a plan, why we're even investing in them, that sort of thing. Because I just remember from, you know, I had like some savings bonds that my grandmother gave me when I was really young that helped pay for a little bit of college, you know, when they came to maturity, um, you know, when I was turning like 18, 19, somewhere in that range. And I've also always heard you go to, you get into bonds when you get closer to retirement or, you know, you have a mix of them in your portfolio, but don't really, they don't get the publicity as much that stocks get. And I think maybe the know-how or the understanding of them is then lacking. What's your, what's the average retiree or pre-retiree's, you know, knowledge base of a bond when they come in to meet with you? I mean, they hear the word bond and they associate it with safety or stability but let's just talk about what the difference between stock and bond is. Stock is an ownership. So now I have a share in a company. I mean, this is very simplified. But a bond is a debt instrument. So you are loaning the company money. When you buy a savings bond, you're loaning the government money. And there's an agreement to pay back X amount. You know, if you have a $100 bond, a $1,000 bond, you're basically buying it at a discount. And then sometime in the future, they're giving you the full face value back. With corporate bonds, it's similar. You're, you're loaning them money and they're agreeing to pay you a certain interest rate. So that's the yield on the bond. Let's say it's a 4% bond. Well, things can change in the entire bond market that change that completely. So what did we have for the longest time when the Fed rate was at, in fact, this last January was at 0.8. So that means the Fed funds rate, which is what, you know, it's the interbank rate. It's what the you know, the lending rate of the big institutions back and forth was 0.8. So that keeps your mortgage rates low. We've had very low mortgage rates for how many years? 30 years, really. And so, yeah, yeah. So people were saying, okay, it's a very stable situation. We've got this going on. Well, then the Fed decided to raise rates. So when they, they raise interest rates, prices on bonds fall. So there's an inverse relationship. So people don't really understand this part is is now, you know, I have a bond, it's supposed to yield 4%. Well, it may still yield 4%, but if bonds are being um, released at a higher interest rate, that price of that bond is going to fall. So, and the relationship is about a one to seven. So for every 1% interest rate rise, bond prices fall about 7%. That's so a, that's a big fall. That's, that's a big fall. And yeah. For seniors who typically have over the years done laddered bond strategies to stabilize income, and because the, they've done this for income, you've gotten crushed. Mm. 
mm-hmm. with low low interest rates. Now with bond prices falling, that's why the bond market to date, year to date, has been so crushed because of rising Fed rates, falling bond prices. So if you had, you know, 40%, 50%, or 60% of your portfolio in bonds, there's nowhere to hide because stock prices have fallen and bond prices have fallen. <laughs> So this is the challenge right now. Now, going forward, we're going to see some interesting things happen because treasury yields, I think, are at 4% right now. They haven't been that in 30 years. So it, you know, that's a good thing, but it's going to take a while to shake out you know, for all of this to happen because the yield is going to change based on whether you pay a premium for the bond. Well, I'm sorry, the yield will stay the same, but you may pay a premium for the bond or a, a discount because of gotcha. what bond prices are doing. <laughs> Mm. So, I mean, that's the challenge right now is it's it has turned into a not so stable market temporarily. Let's put it that way. So I imagine that instability uh, currently, but then also that uh, that inverse relationship um, and the fact that rates had been so low for a long time. And it was just something we weren't paying a whole lot of attention to, uh, at least the layperson. Those factors all make those misunderstandings sort of occur around bonds for retirees. Is that why there's so much uh, misunderstanding? One thing that people don't realize is the bond market is actually bigger than the stock market. So, oh, really? yeah, I yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, it's it's actually much bigger. So years that's a good, ago, that's a good trivia question. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> years ago, pe- when people were doing ladder bonds, they were buying individual bonds. Well, the trap is that I get stuck in a bond that I have to sell at a discount or buy at a premium because the pricing moves. And so, or maybe the company doesn't do well, or there's there's all these things. And it's a similar kind of situation that, do you, how do you pick the right stock? Well, how do you pick the right bond? Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's, a, it's the same game to play? It's the same game to play. So typically instead of buying individual bonds is what, was what grandmas used to do, or grandmothers, or even parents, um, you, you know, you have bond funds, you have bond ETFs, that work a little bit better because they're spreading that risk because maturity, duration, all of the yields are all spread. The risk is spread. So if a bond doesn't do as well or does well, you're capturing, you're not getting crushed, but you're capturing some of the upside on the other uh, other situation. But um, th- so that's really the challenge because you know, we still have people who think, oh, I should have this bond because I know this company. And it goes right back to, okay, if you own that share of that company, are you in the boardroom making those decisions? Right. Yeah. You know. Well, that's why you say it's kind of the same game as the stock side. Mm-hmm. So are bond funds and mutual funds then sort of kind of the same thing? Well, bond, they're spreading the risk. So they're yeah. going to own a whole designed series. Designed to do the same thing. Obviously, they're kind of in different camps. but Yeah. So they're, they really are designed to spread the risk and capture more of the bond market. So you can you can have, you know, a sector, uh, financials, industrials, whatever, on the bond side um, as a mutual fund of bonds, mm-hmm. or you can do the ETF play as well. And, and that's typically when you look at diversifying a portfolio, that's what you're doing is you're spreading that risk across all those, all those different risk um, assets. So, and it's, and it is the same situation with bonds. And so with with the Fed raising rates, and I, I think that the mortgage rates are going to probably be 7% by the end of this week, yeah. um, if they aren't already, you know, so that's causing bonds that were already in position, they're, they're selling at a huge discount because people are going to be get rid of getting rid of them. They're on sale <laughs> yeah. so they can get a higher paying bond. 
or higher, higher yield bond. So long-term, that may play out well for some people. But what we typically look at is short-term, mid, mid-term bonds, because if you think about a seesaw or a teeter-totter, depending on where you grew up in the country, right. um, you know, that price to interest rate, it goes like a seesaw. And so if I'm trying to not get whipsawed, which is what you would get on a longer arm bond, because that seesaw is going to be a lot longer. And so the swing is greater. If I don't want to have that in my portfolio because that's a risk, then I'm going to stay to shorter and midterm bonds. With interest rates changing so much right now, that's probably a better bet. So if I'm a retiree, I hear all this negative publicity now about bonds, the, the falling rates. Do I just decide, well, I just don't want to be in any at all. Like they, they, don't, they don't sound exciting. They're not like stocks. And uh, this is, you know, th- th- they only seem to have these negatives in terms of like what I'm hearing in the news and that sort of thing. Do I just stay out of bonds altogether? Well, that's the challenge because okay. where do you, where can you put money that is going to give you some return over time, because you really have to look at investing as a long-term play, you know, because if you have things in cash, which is really stable, except mm-hmm. for inflation. Right. So if you have a lot of money in cash or low earning bonds, which is what we've had really, your risk of getting eaten alive by inflation is greater. And that's True. what we've seen over these last 18 months is a massive increase in the inflation rate. So where do you put your money? <laughs> you can't hide out anywhere. You, there's nowhere to hide. Yeah. There is literally nowhere to hide. I've had several conversations with several different advisors and there's a bunch of guys I follow. And yeah, there's a lot of prognostication happening on the market. Like uh, Jamie Dimon at JP Morgan is saying, oh my gosh, you know, stocks are going to fall another 20%. Well, really? Yeah. You know, do you know something we don't know? And sure. if you did, I'm sure you're betting on it. <laughs> Yeah. Michael Burry said the same thing. The guy from the big short, um, similar sentiments. Saw somebody else uh, just this morning said that we're going to see negative or poor environment for five years, which seemed a bit, uh, you know, radical because how how long have we ever really, truly stayed down that long? But uh, and that's a great question, because when you look at recessions and we could end up in I mean, we're real close to being tipped over into a potential depression and it was caused by the Fed and the policies of the administration. Now, doesn't matter what side of the fence you're on. This is what's happening economically is they've pushed us into this situation. So are we going to be in a depression? I don't know. There are ways we can take care of this going forward, but you've got to get the right people in place that are going to actually take care of it or, you know, turn the uh, economic environment around. does seem like there's more pain in store before the sunny days arrive again, but. Right. And we might, you know, it might be, it might be painful for another six, eight months, 10 months, but five years, that's, People don't know what's going to happen next year, let alone five years right, from right. now. And we, well, we you were having about interest rates in their relationship to bonds, but you also brought up mortgage rates. I specifically remember at the beginning of the year, I did a real estate show with a, with a real estate um, professional. And I remember we were talking about the big national organization and all of these different experts and their predictions for 2022. And we broke them all down and they expected interest rates on mortgages to rise and I think the prediction was that it w- they might be 4% by the end of the year. 
And of course, we know the story at this point that we were, were tickling seven and it didn't yep. even take that long to get above four, five, six, and now, you know, hitting seven here in the fall. So we hadn't even gotten halfway through the year yet and they had to reissue. Well, yeah, we missed those predictions a little bit. We're going to reissue new predictions. And I think their new predictions even still have fallen short of now where we are ending up. So. Well, and that's and that's really important because that's what drives it, a lot of the economy and your small business loans and everything else. And, and this will crush the economy. Now, does that mean it's Armageddon and we're never going to survive? That's, I mean, that's a whole different conversation. Sure. But you're going to create a lot of economic pain for a lot of people. And so the question is, how do you get out of it? You know, the Fed acted too, uh, there have been a lot of opinions that the Fed acted too late, should have um, raised rates like two years ago. Okay, well, how about Congress stop spending our money <laughs> like right. it's spending because that's part of the issue. You know, the it's Fed- a multifaceted it, problem. It There's is a ma- multifaceted. to go around, right? And it's, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. I mean, we're, our spending, we're, our deficit spending is out of control. Um, we're increasing the debt. I think we're at 30 trillion. Yeah, 31, you know? I think even. Oh, 31, did we, yeah. Did we, did we close 31 the other day? I, I think we did. Or something like that? Yeah. I think we did, yeah. So, okay, how do you get out of that? I yeah. mean- if you now, that's a different question. I mean, a lot of that um, is being, you know, is driven in the news. A lot of there's a lot of hyperbole, but people should realize that if you own bonds in your portfolios, that a lot of those bonds are treasuries, mm. treasuries, notes, bills, and bonds. Two thirds of those notes, bills, and bonds are owned by the American people. So we own our own bonds. <laughs> 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 so, and a lot of people are afraid that China is going to do this and Russia is going to do that. And yes, China owns some of our debt, but China, you know, just as a kind of a global look, um, is having its own issues economically. And they're going to end up, they've already defaulted on a couple of big things. So, you know, everybody wants to replace the dollar, but I don't think that's happening. Mm. Um, we're still, even though we're in a we're still the most stable government system in the world. So people want to peg to our dollar. Yeah. And right now the dollar is super strong, especially in Europe. So if you're going to go to Europe, now's the time. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's, it wasn't always that way. That's for sure. Right. And so, yeah, the, you know, a lot of world leaders are not happy because our dollar is so strong. So it's killing their currencies. So all of this is connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, not all bad news, um, right. some of what you're sharing, but yeah, lots right. of, lots of problems. I'm sure we could kind of geek out and nerd out on all these details, um, you know, for an entire episode, but let's peel things back a little bit. And again, let's go, Hey, I'm, I'm a retiree or I'm approaching retirement. And all I really care about is I've heard that I should consider bonds because they're a conservative and safe part of my portfolio. So do you agree with that approach? How do you how do you tackle this as a financial planner, or do we really need to throw out some of that old thinking of you know kind of transitioning from stocks into bonds into retirement? What's really kind of I know you can't give specific advice because it's based on the person, but just sort of your general approach when people come in. Where do you at least start with people? Well, you still you still need to own bonds, okay. because most people can't handle one hundred percent equity exposure. It's too volatile. If you're in retirement, now, theoretically, that's what would work long-term. But if you had 100% equity exposure this year, you've gotten slammed. S&P 5's down 23%, small cap's down 30%, NASDAQ's down 31%. Slammed. So, Pretty slammed. good word for it. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and unfortunately, we've gotten that too with the bond market, but you still need the bonds because generally speaking, long-term bonds are a stabilizer to the portfolio. You know, you get a consistent rate of return because of the maturities and the yields, typically. So you spread your risk across the different asset classes, including bonds, because there's core fixed. Typically fixed income is corporate bonds. There's a couple of different types of corporate bonds. Um, and then you've got treasuries, bills, bonds, and notes, and, you know, Ginnie Mae and all this other stuff. But, it, you know, you want to be diversified because they all respond a little bit differently to the market. So you have to have them in your portfolio. So how much should you have when you're in a situation like we have this year where everything's down? Well, you need to figure out what your allocation really should be and then allocate to that whether it's you know the stock profile and the bond profile, and then set it and forget it for a while. <laughs> mm. <laughs> because that's all you can do. Panicking never works. I mean, there's a, there's a huge um, movement in a couple of communities to get people to panic and go into an annuity. So an annuity can act like a bond, but you gotta get the right annuity. So you can do laddered annuities to be a laddered bond strategy. It can work. But that's a whole, that's a different animal. So you need to understand how that would work. But generally speaking, you're still going to want bonds. Mm. Lots of different types of those products as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and we talk about things getting complicated or misunderstood. Um, we get into a whole nother can of worms <laughs> on the annuity side of things. That's for sure. So right. um, good to bring those up as a comparison here. Uh, to kind of uh, put a bow on the conversation today, then Janine, anything else that you find helpful to share with your clients about bonds? What are you communicating to them, uh, you know, right now, or just what's been kind of some longstanding advice that you've given when it comes to bonds and, and people's portfolios? So when you look at long, like the, since 1945, about a third of the time, treasuries are at about 4%, which is very interesting because they've just been really low for the last probably 10, 15 years. Sure. But uh, you know, a third of the time you've got interest rates at about 4%. So we're right back there um, and that's how you have to look at it. So we've got a cycle happening here. For about 10 or 15% of the time you have rates above you know, 8%, 7%. So there's a period of time when you've got some interest rates that are six, 7%, which is great if you get into them properly. <laughs> but if you're in a portfolio that's doing that, then you're gonna be fine. But I, I wouldn't shun a portion of the market just because today we're in, you know, in this period of volatility and, you know, it's like a daily or weekly surprise in the market. Um, just kind of turn off the news for a while and stick with your portfolio plan. I like that. Listen to your planner. Good takeaway for the, the show today. Uh, well, if you've got any questions for Janine, whether it be about bonds our topic today or if it's something else related to your financial life you can certainly get in touch anytime at 443-718-6311 or online at theuswealthadvisors.com and we're going to put that contact information in the description of today's show so it's easy for you to find uh, but you also might want to check out the seven secrets to a smart retirement plan this is uh, lessons for engineering a successful retirement this is janine's smart retirement plan process and you can find out those seven secrets uh, get janine's toolkit that helps introduce you to the ideas surrounding retirement and financial planning and begin your own planning process that's customized to you comprehensive 
expensive, making sure things like this, bonds, stocks, but so much more are covered in your portfolio and in your financial plan. You can get that online again at theuswealthadvisors.com or by clicking the link in the description of today's show. And uh, that'll be a great resource for you if you want to learn a little bit more. Well, Janine, thank you so much. Really appreciate the time and uh, really enjoy chatting with you. And we'll look forward to talking again soon. Okay. Thanks so much, Walter. Talk to you soon. Have a good one. That's Janine Theus. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time on Your Financial Mission. Thanks for watching and listening. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.